Welcome to another episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. Our goal on the pod is to accelerate the success of today's and tomorrow's leaders in the retail IT industry. I'm Jim Roddy back with you again. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a special quick take episode of the pod where for about 20 or 25 minutes, we feature an RSP member who will speak at Retail Now 2022. If you're not familiar with Retail Now, it's the Retail IT Channel's number one trade show, education conference and networking event scheduled for July 24th through 26th at the Gaylord Palms in Orlando. Retail Now will feature six education tracks, more than 20 education sessions and dozens of expert presenters, including today's guest. Alejandro Swaby is the Director of Sales for Servion Systems, a VAR serving merchants in New York, Pennsylvania, Florida, and Arizona. Prior to joining Servion six years ago, Alejandro was the owner and president of two solution providers, four years at Metro Touch Solutions, and eight years at Innovative Network Administrators. Plus, he worked as a relationship manager at Heartland Payment Systems. Alejandro is a former RSP board member, current member of the RSP Marketing Committee, and at Retail Now 2022, he'll be part of a panel focusing on organically grown leadership. Alejandro Swaby, great to connect with you. Jim, thanks for having me. I appreciate you have, uh, inviting me to be a guest on the show today. No, always a pleasure. We've been talking uh, for years back from when you were at, uh, at Metro Touch, but uh, first time doing it in this, uh, in this one-on-one podcast form. I do have to apologize for the appearance of the place here. Um, I, I'm moving from Erie, Pennsylvania to Raleigh, so folks who are listening on audio, they could they don't, they're not noticing anything. But if you're watching on the YouTube channel, uh, I haven't, you know, sworn off books, but all the books were in the boxes that you kind of see over over my left shoulder there. So uh, sorry, Alejandro. Next time we connect, I, I promise it'll it'll be a lot cleaner. I, I can I can promise you, it's always a challenge keeping the office nice and tidy. It looks pretty tidy to me. Well, thank you. You don't know what's going on behind the camera. You have to see <laughs> oh, what's happening there. It's uh, it's in some level yeah. of disarray. That's for sure. So, um, well, and so I, let's jump into it. I, I kind of apologize starting with this question, but it's it's relevant, I think, to the topic at hand. So, how old are you, right? You know, you always, you know, we've known each other for years. You always look like a million yes. bucks. You got the full head of hair. But based on your bias, Appreciate you've been it. in this industry, uh, moving in on twenty years. You know, the other day I looked in the mirror and there was a couple of gray starting to stick out, so I started <laughs> to feel old. But I do feel like I'm a veteran in the industry. Uh, so. One of the ways that I always tell people how I got started in the industry was, uh, you know, late in high school, I had a group of friends that we were looking for part-time jobs, having some trouble finding a place that would stick. So we we would do some work with some liquidation companies. We would do some work uh, part-time here and there, but we were all very hands-on with computers. And so working in the IT space was just a natural fit and uh we one of our friends in high school he graduated and the father gave him the option of either going to college or or taking over the pizzeria he chose taking over the pizzeria so we got a phone call one day saying hey have you ever heard of this restaurant pos system i kind of need a computer for that and so that's that's the start of a long story of being now 14 years in the industry so I'm, I'm 36 years old been doing this for a very long time got it fabulous no that that's great to hear uh and it is interesting like when you get the backstory of some of the folks who are in our space that it wasn't like some exact plan but they you know yeah. uh got into it and found some expertise and and really enjoyed it. interesting you you found it that way serendipity is underrated that's for sure yeah and i you know keyword there is enjoy, is enjoyed you know i think 
you know, being in this industry is a lot of hard work. Uh, I get a lot of satisfaction and enjoyment of helping independently owned small businesses. So I've built not only business relationships, but I've built friendships with a lot of my clients over the years. Some that have been with me since the innovative days into the Metro Touch days and now into the Servion days. So a lot of it has to do with building that relationship and really enjoying what you're doing every day. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say, if you enjoy what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life. That might be overstated Absolutely. for folks who live and work in the POS yeah. industry as much as you enjoy it. Uh, there are certainly yeah. days, uh, many days that feel that feel like work. But yeah, you got to have you got to have the passion behind it uh, for sure. Absolutely. You can have somebody trying to pull you out of bed every morning. So. All right. So as I mentioned, you're going to be part of a retail now panel. It's titled Organically Grown Leadership. And it's going to answer this key question. How do companies in our industry build leaders and prepare for the future. Can you talk about your path at Serviant? Can you talk about the current leadership structure and the actions the company's taking to help you become a stronger leader? Yeah, so I, I'm gonna start before at Servion and then lead into Servion a little bit. You know, being an independent entrepreneur, a lot of times you feel like you know it all, that you can do everything yourself, delegating becomes a challenge and you sometimes you start hitting plateaus and walls specifically when it comes around growth. Um, and I've listened to some of the content around the previous Trusted Advisor podcast that, you know, if you're not growing, you're failing, right? You're not, you're failing if you're not growing. And so there reached a plateau individually in my career where I wanted to make some personal development growth, specifically in sales management. There were some opportunities that took place at, at, at Servion systems that fit very specifically like a glove. You know, the first was we care about our customers. I care about my customers. Um, you know, the second was doing business with a VAR should be easy or, or easier than the competition is offering. And so this was post-recession 2008 to 2012. Uh, and even prior to that, the go-to strategy for most VARs was to sign them up on a lease. In that scenario, we needed to get a credit approval. We needed to get documentation, financials. It was just a complex mess. And Servion had an innovative as-a-service subscription model, which I really became a believer of uh, the ability to you know, help a restaurant owner, operator, save on their upfront capital by signing up with a subscription at that point in time was groundbreaking. Yes. Now that we, that model has proven to be the go-to model. Now, you know, you can't go to market now selling $50,000 systems unless you're in the enterprise. And so uh, I, I think that that, uh, you know, really came about and uh, proved to be a, to a, to be a great move and it really fit very well. Uh, Got it. As far as the, uh, you know, the structure uh, of the path here at Servion. Uh, when I joined six years ago, it was still a, a regional company. In the past two years, we've expanded uh, into Arizona through acquisition of another VAR, which was super exciting. We saw a lot of headcount growth. Uh, there were some challenges on the management side. Hey, how do, now we're managing multiple time zones. How does that work? The reality is we figured it out. We put our heads down, we focused, and we figured that out as a team. 
on the management side. Uh, and so um, I'd say on the, on the structure, it's always been a group effort. We have our, our team members, we have support supervisors, supervisors on the sales side, and then uh, you know, our executive leadership, which, which would be the directors and, and uh, Hunter, our CEO. Got it. Okay, ballpark. How many employees uh, at Servion, or maybe you know the exact number? Uh, I would say we we're right about the 25 employee headcount, okay. which seems to be a sweet spot. In as far as in the in the VAR side, you know, I many of the VARs that I speak to are maybe in that three to seven, maybe you know, I'd say maybe under 10. And so as far as a regional VAR, we tend to be a bit larger in that we we're servicing multiple regions. We have help desk employees in multiple regions as well, but we still have that boutique feel in that every customer that calls in, we know the owners on a first name basis and yeah. they know us on a first name basis. They have direct access to the management team. You know, they call us, they get a phone call back. Yeah, it's not 1-800 who's gonna pick up on the other end of the phone, right? They, they know it's yeah, gonna be a no, yeah. limited group. Yeah, it's not a, not a call center. We're running a high level of quality, really a high quality full service bar. Yeah, got it. I, now, you know, I wanna know we don't wanna talk about leadership, but I do wanna talk about uh, this because, so you were an entrepreneur in your 20s, right? You were a business owner. Um, I'd, I'd say even before that. Okay, <laughs> all before, right, so great. Maybe so, born that way, but started, <laughs> you know, started shoveling driveways and things like that, you know, pretty young. So I started my own business. I published a sports magazine and then also a regional magazine for about five and a half years. Some back copies are in some of these boxes uh, around here somewhere. But I, like you said about plateauing, I, I thought like I was so busy, I just felt like I was functioning, right? I almost felt like I was yeah. just plugged in and doing this thing, but not really developing or growing is that kind of how you were feeling and i'm thinking some folks in our audience might right now might think of that like man the business is running me i'm really not getting you know much out of this i'm just like this cog yeah. who just has to stay on the on yeah. the treadmill all the time yeah um you know if you if you read a lot of the entrepreneur focused books you know e-myth and books such as those listen to you know, listening to podcasts, you listen to Warren Buffett speak about, you know, where you should be focusing your time running the business, not letting the business run you. Uh, even if you're running a profitable operation, you know, having some level of having the ability to kind of recognize that and having that awareness and stepping out of it is, is a skill in itself. Uh, and so at that point in my career, there was a lot of life changes happening, which created that ability to have some reflection. So I'll give you an example there. So uh, the first was uh, uh, getting engaged and married. You know, that was a significant life change moving from New Jersey back to New York. Uh, so there were some changes there and just trying to understand, hey, what does the next five years look like? Uh, the reality is working uh, eight days a week, 26 hours a day, was was not cutting it in order to make that lifestyle right. lifestyle change, and so having an opportunity to really create a positive impact, take those same principles that we've already had, and make it work while also having the opportunity to bring some of my existing customers over, happy customers over, it it just worked out really well. Got it. Yeah, I, I always said uh, you can only eat eight, or work 80 hours a week and eat SpaghettiOs six times a week. 
uh, if not more, uh, for only a limited period of time. That's not something that you can Absolutely. do into your 40s uh, if you started yeah. in your 20s. So yeah, um, Absolutely. Got it. Okay. So let's talk about that was, uh, you know, can you talk about what you've learned? Like, can you share one important leadership development best practice with our audience? Could be something you learned during your time at Servian or when you were leading your own uh, organization, like we talked about before, what is like one important leadership development best practice? Metrics, hands down metrics, following your metrics, leading and measuring by your metrics. Uh, you know, when I was running an independent VAR, uh, Basically, we were just trying, I was trying to sell three to five accounts per month minimum uh, to keep m revenue in the bank, to pay the, to pay the operating expenses, to pay out our guys, to, and then at the end of the day, maybe pay myself that month. And so, um, you know, jumping into this role at Servion, the metrics, we live and die by the metrics. Uh, you know, we look at them on a weekly basis on the management team, if not individually in our individual departments on a daily basis. We have our own individual dashboarding uh, and different tools that we spend good money for in order to give us those metrics in order for us to know and have awareness of what's happening in the business. So when we sit down together, we say, hey, what are our goals now moving into Q3? We could forecast those, have a pretty accurate representation of where we think we're gonna be at the end of the year the as a service model makes it that much easier to be able to sure. get a better idea of where we are on an MRR or, or annual recurring revenue basis. But hands down, that was the biggest uh, leadership change for me was being able to understand, measure, and have insight directly into those metrics. Yeah, I remember going to an RSP Inspire event. This is probably, gosh, maybe 14, 15 years ago and they were doing like a live poll and they asked who has metrics that they keep track of and so they had everybody in the room and it was surprisingly that only like two-thirds of people had metrics that they were measuring well then they split it up by vendor and by reseller it was shocking how few resellers had those metrics remember people kind of murmuring like i can't believe it and then i was thinking when i was self-employed i just had a checkbook right like that's all yeah. that i did and it sounds like as you're saying like when you're smaller you oftentimes don't take time to build those analytics and those metrics and it's almost like flying a plane without uh, have any any instruments with you? You got to do it all based on feel. So that's what you're saying. If if you want to develop as a leader, not just a people leader, but an organizational leader, you've got to have solid numbers. You got to, you know, if you can measure it, you can manage it. Is that essentially what you're saying? Yeah, and it and it doesn't mean you have to measure 25 numbers. It means having a number. What is your num one number? If it's new sales, so be it. If it's revenue, so be it. It might, if you're in a growth stage, it might be added headcount, but you know, you can't measure if you don't have some some level of understanding of where where you are and where you want to be. I uh, told you I was in publishing. I met a real publisher one time. It's the people who printed my magazine. And this guy had owned multiple newspapers and met me and introduced. Oh, nice to meet you. He said, well, what's your ad edit ratio? I said, my what? Your advertising, your editorial ratio. I said, I don't know what that is. And he, How the hell can you be a publisher and not know what that is? And then yeah. he walked up and I'm like, Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then I realized once I joined, you know, a real publishing company, that's something you have to you have to measure because you can be losing a lot of money if, if you don't do it. So yeah, 
Got it. Yeah, hug your facts. Let me ask you about this one. Like uh, an important uh, management lesson or leadership lesson I've learned is making sure that you're investing time in people to develop them, right? Don't just give them the work to offload it. Just don't give them here the seven steps you take, but really pausing to explain the why behind what your organization does. I guess, can you talk about that principle? And can you talk about, did you experience that when you came on board at Survey on not just, Alejandro, here's your job, go make some sales, but the, you know, the conversations about getting a really deeper understanding about what makes the as a service model tick and uh, you know the important things inside the organization. Can you talk about the importance of investing time in your people? Yeah, I, I think you know your most important asset in any organization, I happen to be in, a, in, in the sales side and marketing, um, communication on a daily basis, I think is key for any manager to understand, you know, what's going on. How could I support you? Uh, you know, my personal why is, you know, I want to help others succeed. If I could bring other people and give them a level of success and bring other people that are smarter than me to work with me as opposed to for me, then that makes me successful at what I do. Um, so, it, you know, again, it, there's no there's no rule saying, hey, you have to have a one hour meeting every day. But mm -hmm. I think having some level of, you know, a check in, hey, you know, is there a challenge? You know, how's this project coming along? Do you need an extra hand to, you know, get this going? I know you got some PTO coming up on Friday. You know, are you on pace to hit that? You know, do you do you need us to bring in an additional resource in order to do it? Um, I, I think just having that open door policy um, and also communicating the why, you know, there's a lot of times that that doesn't translate down from the ownership executive level down to the individual contributor or the individual level. And so reemphasizing that, uh, you know, talking about that over and over, you know, why our business model works, how that impacts the customers and their happiness level of working with us as opposed to working with a direct software vendor that might be giving it away for free and why our how our value is added there i think is a key uh definitely a key way for us to do that one of the things that we've done recently is um we've brought in our marketing manager into different departments to kind of explain that why uh, and each one of the managers are able to sit in into other department meetings so from time to time i'll sit in in a installation manager meeting or a project manager meeting even though i don't direct they don't directly report to me i might have uh, a level of insight there that might help uh, us on the communication side of those values and principles Got it. I really like how you said, you know, you're talking about col being collaborative, like genuinely collaborative versus directive. And I really love how you said you're working with people. They're not working for you. That mindset really changes yeah. the entire relationship uh, and really how folks, how you'll behave as a leader, how your future leaders will behave as well. Because if it's you're working for me, you can just be barking out orders as opposed to actually yeah, leading I on mean... their, in their brain. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the folks that work for us come from the hospitality and the restaurant business. And I have not come from that restaurant hospitality business, but over the years, I've really gotten to learn what good hospitality looks like. And, you know, if you walk into a restaurant 
and you see a restaurant manager or front of house manager or even a GM, you know, walking around the floor, if they see some dirty plates on a table or maybe some a dirty, you know, a napkin on the floor or something like that, I'd probably put some money on the table that a good manager would pick up those dirty plates off the table. He's not going to let that mess sit there. He's going to get his hands a little dirty, pick up that plate and bring it right back, right to the back and make sure that 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 happens. And so, yeah, sometimes I think the collaboration side has to do with, you know, jumping in and maybe put, putting your hands uh, onto a project and maybe just giving an extra hand. Yep. Amen. Well said. I'm going to take a quick break here to thank our sponsors who support the Artist Pay community and make this podcast and video series possible. Our platinum sponsors, Blue Star. Our gold sponsors are Brother, CoCard, Heartland, ScantSource, and Shift4. To receive the benefits of an Artist Pay membership or Artist Pay sponsorship, email membership at gorspa.org. All right, so I'm going to flip my prior question, Alejandro. And so that's where we talked about, you know, a leadership success story or a best practice. Can you share a leadership development mistake, maybe something you learned at Servian or something you learned on your uh, on your own? And if you're willing to name names and point fingers, that would be awesome. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, so I know, so I'd probably I, just point. Point, <laughs> just point the thumb, not the finger, right? You, you know, when you're pointing the finger, you got four yeah. points back at you, so. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So I'll, I'll point the thumb there. I'd say, you know, the biggest leadership mistake that I think I've made and just framing it back to those entrepreneur days is most entrepreneurs are actively multitasking and actively working on many different projects at once, maybe even doing, you know, taking a phone call, doing emails and letting the, the busyness lead them as opposed to leading and prioritizing and so that personally for me had to do with really creating a strict time management structure uh starting off the day with the task that really needs to be done and organizing that and understanding the way that the day goes on a good day i would do that the day before or the night before so have a peaceful sleep you know okay task A, B, C, and D uh, is first things that are going to happen the next day. And so, um, you know, I know that there are days that get away from us where you check a couple emails and then all of a sudden it's four o'clock, right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I'd say that the prioritization, the time management, you know, maybe it means putting the phone down, face down on the desk on vibrate for 30 minutes just to you know, focus on that big task or the metrics that you really need to be looking at and thinking about. So. Yeah. And it seems like the overarching, what you're talking about is discipline, right? You cannot be yeah. a successful leader without some level of discipline. Not that you have to be militaristic by any means or plan out every minute, but you just can't let, you know, chasing the tasks or going after the ooh shiny, um, you know, whatever new opportunity comes your way. Is that kind of what you're talking about? You have to have some level of discipline yeah. to control that schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And that even could translate into, you know, your personal schedule. Like for me, I have a, I have a Gmail account, a Gmail calendar. I sync it with my work schedule. And so, uh, you know, I know that Saturday mornings is my time to spend with my four-year-old daughter. Sunday mornings is my workout time, 12 PM on Sunday mornings. That's when we take the family out to lunch and uh, in the afternoon, we probably will have a little uh, 
family get together. And so that's, that took a lot of discipline because that was not there 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And not just because the family, the family standpoint, you know, you're, you're working all that time and it runs you into the ground eventually, right? Nobody can perform at that level uh, for very long and uh, you've got to take control of it or else it's going to control you, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy with all the technology and teams and, and zoom and everything that you could, you could really let the emails really make you work 24 hours a day. So I think it's important to just block and tackle time, uh, even on the, even on the personal side. And, you know, I think that helps even that, that would actually help your productivity instead of just letting the emails control you. Uh, can you talk about a couple of questions left for you? Can you talk to maybe some of the up and coming leaders uh, in our industry? I know a lot of them listen to this uh, podcast about the importance of initiative, right? If you want to become a leader or, or just to become a better leader, right? The company can play an important role, but the individual is really the one who has to take the initiative to learn on their own as well. Like the analogy I would give is, you know, somebody wants to be a really good uh, athlete, a basketball player, a football player, you know, something like that. They can't just show up at practice and go, okay, I'm done working on my craft. They've got to work out on their own in terms of lifting and running and getting their own, you know, uh, skill work in. Is that kind of how you see it as well? Is that something that you've done historically where it's not just, hey, Servian, what are you going to teach me? You've got to go and take the initiative to learn on your own. Absolutely, 100%. I agree with that statement. You, you know, you need to be, you know, self-starting, self-learning. Everyone falls, everyone makes mistakes, everyone has failures, but you just got to get up, learn from your lesson, write it down. Maybe one of the practices that I started doing as well was at the end of the year, uh, just reviewing my calendar, you know, just looking at the appointments that I've done and kind of just reflecting and saying, okay, you know, these, these appointments went really really well this this, these appointments maybe i spent way too much time on how can i make those improvements so there's a lot of self motivation self-leadership self-reflection and awareness that i think it doesn't really come naturally i think just use that free gmail calendar that everybody has you know just if 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 it comes into your head if you're listening maybe just put a date on your calendar every quarter to say, okay, let me look at my meetings for the past quarter and just take some notes on on how that impacted the business and and maybe even your time. It is something when you do an exercise like that and go back through and you're like, why did I spend so much time on that, yeah. right? Because you didn't run through, you know, maybe the critical thinking to say, is this the most important thing I can be working on right now? You just started working on it and then you look six, nine months later and you say, that yielded really nothing, and it was not commensurate with with my time. It can help. It can be instructive for the future. So before you jump in and race after something, you pause and think it through. Is that kind of what you've what you've experienced? If I'm understanding correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Got it. Great. Last question I have. Uh, can you talk about how has retail now impacted your leadership? Uh, development. I know you've been attending the show for years. I'm assuming it's having a positive impact. If you give an answer that it had a negative impact, we'll just edit this out. So um, how has retail now impacted your leadership <laughs> development, Alejandro? Um, what's really interesting, you know, kind of just circling back to where we started was the years I was in the point of sale industry and was not aware 
or maybe I was just too busy to be aware that this organization called the RSPA existed. And so somehow it might've even been through a, a, a trade publication or a reach out, but I was invited to retail now. And, you know, I fell in love with the organization on that first retail now um, event that I went to. And I met people like me that knew the challenges that I was having. And I could sit down and either have a coffee or a drink, or even if I'm sitting down at one of the receptions and say, hey, look, this is a challenge that I'm facing. You know, I'm working with this XYZ vendor and they're now having a direct consumer strategy and my, my customers are moving away. Like, how are you doing that? And they're selling the same product as me. They said, oh, we did this and it's working really well. You, you could not buy that advice. And so from, from a networking um, perspective, it's, it's been priceless from a leadership price, from a leadership perspective, being around the veterans in the industry, the new veterans and the new leaders in the industry, learning from them and understanding the mistakes that they've made, some of the success stories and creating better terms with vendors and seeing and understanding what's happening in the future of the industry was great. Um, especially, and, and, and I'd even say that uh, the as a service model was one of the things that really, when I first joined the real retail now, that was what was being talked about, but not implemented as much. But there were a few leaders in the industry there at that time that were starting to do it. And, and those are the people that I gravitated towards. And uh, now it's, it's turned out very well. Yeah, and one of them you're working with uh, right now, and I, I said with, not working one for uh, Hunter Allen, right? He was the preeminent, you know, uh, as a service retail VAR, you know, right on the front lines of that. I guess, what have you learned from uh, that experience working with him and what he went through? Because that was very much a bleeding edge uh, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I'd say every day learn something new from Hunter. You know, I think he's a, he's a great leader with a ton of experience, definitely forward thinking, um, you know, there's been multiple, we call them product evolutions. And so um, there, there are customers that have been with Servion since its inception in 1996 that have moved from a legacy style product to maybe a window style product to an iPad style product to now some of the new things happening like edge computing and, you know, QR code ordering and dine in, dine in and ordering from the table. And so, it's it's very cool to have a leader that is forward thinking that we could um, learn from and, and 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 always have some information that we could be learning about. So. Yeah, the the best leaders don't sit still. And based on you know what we've talked about, you move forward in a disciplined manner, trying and testing and measuring, right? Getting those analytics and then adapting uh, along the way. You can't you can't wait for providence to come and uh, and open up the path for you. You got to go make it happen. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to retail now. I can't wait. It's in Orlando and uh, we have family in the area. And, Perfect. you know, and if you haven't registered, I think it's a great time to, to make it happen for this year, especially 2022. Now that things are, are open. Yeah, things are back and things are changing fast. That's the whole thing. If you're like, oh, maybe yes. I'll go next year. It seems like things are moving so quickly, business model, product wise, uh, company wise, that it's it's hard to really take a year off. Maybe you could do that in the past, but it seems like 
you know, that is, uh, that's not appropriate for, for what we're going through right now as an industry and as organizations. Yep. It's an investment. Definitely. That's, that's been worthwhile. Wonderful. Great. Well, that does it for this episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast. We hope you enjoyed our discussion. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the RSP YouTube channel and the Trusted Advisor podcast so you never miss an episode. Then be sure to register, like Alejandro said, for Retail Now 2022, July 24th through 26th at the Gaylord Palms in Orlando. Again, it's going to have a diverse high-tech expo hall, plenty of networking opportunities, and several great education sessions, including organically grown leadership. For all the details, visit the show website at gorspa.org forward slash retail now. Before we go, big thanks again to Alejandro Swaby for sharing his wisdom with us today. Thanks also to RSP Director of Marketing and Strategic Partnerships, Chris Arnold for his production work, Joseph McDade for our music, and last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the retail IT ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, please visit our website at gorspa.org. Thanks for listening and goodbye, everybody.